Welcome to the GS Nation podcast. Our focus is personal development, health and wellness, mindset, and entrepreneurship. Show notes can be found at gsnation.com slash podcast, as well as on our YouTube channel and in the details section of your podcast app. Thanks for listening. We're your hosts, Carrie and Dave. Let's rock and roll. What's up, GS Nation? Today, Dave is going to take you through our 10 nutrition guidelines here at GS Nation. We just had our Blue Zones podcast where we talk a lot about how we at GS Nation try and live a 360 healthy lifestyle. This podcast is just about the same. We do not believe in diets. They don't work. What we strive to have are healthy lifestyles that are going to be sustainable now until forever, (laughs) right? So today we're going to take you through those 10. We have a nutrition guideline that we'll tell you all about in the podcast that we will let you download for free. Enjoy. (laughs) Situated. Yeah, we've been live for a minute. Stop. <laughs> you gotta give me a, a head. I don't. This is the entertainment part. Oh, gracious me. Welcome back to the GS Nation podcast. We are your hosts, Carrie and Dave. Dropping some mad knowledge. No doubt. Uh, today, we are gonna chat about the basic rules of nutrition. Everything that you've got to focus on top level wise in order to achieve those body composition or performance goals. And those are going to be two different goals. We'll kind of blend in what we're talking about here into those two goals. A lot of people have a lot of different views on nutrition. That's an understatement. So many diets out there. So many things that you're seeing on your phone, on Facebook, probably telling you all these different things that will definitely work, but we are of the mindset that one thing works and is sustainable. Yes. Focusing on big picture items. This is a lifestyle. It's not a diet. Diets don't work. Um, you know, not over the long term. So we talked in our last episode about blue zones that out of 100 people that start a diet today, less than five will be on the maintenance program of that diet a year from now. So diets just simply do not work. Um, You know, what we really focus on is those big wholesale lifestyle changes and focusing on the big picture. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're going to get into our own personal relationships with food down the road in, in future episodes. And again, nutrition is such a broad topic that what we really wanted to do today was dive into the top 10 basic rules or guidelines around nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want a copy of what we're going to go over today, we have got that at gsnation.com slash free gift. Free gift is going to get you our top 10 basic rules of nutrition. Yep. All you do is enter your email and then we send it right to your inbox. Absolutely. So the first thing that we focus on, the first thing that I personally believe that is most valuable and important when talking about um, you know, sustainable eating is eliminate the shit from your diet. If you're eating a SAD diet, the standard American diet, love that acronym. It's so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> <you're>, savage. <laughs> savage. If you're eating the SAD diet, you have 
a much greater likelihood to be sad and to be overweight and to be depressed and to you know, have a lot of those metabolic diseases that are totally within your control and ability to change. Mm-hmm. So we focus on quality over quantity. I'm not a fan of the if it fits your macros model. Right. I'm just not. Uh, focus on whole, raw, organic if possible, real ingredients. Try to eat like a caveman would eat. If it grows in the ground or have a face, it's probably good to go. And that's not necessarily to say that you've got to eat paleo or you've got to eat you know, clean 100% of the time. We'll get to that. But overall, all things considered, if you look at something and you go, man, I probably shouldn't eat that, just don't fucking eat it. Mm-hmm. Another good rule of thumb, too, is when you look at your plate, if it's like tan, yellow, and just brown... <laughs> right? Yeah. You want color. Yeah. You want some colors in there. And, you know, not the extreme, like, Twix colors. <laughs> Fake Friday. <Right>. At Jesse. <laughs> at Jesse, yes, sir, yeah. Um, but you want a colorful plate. Yeah. That's a really good just general rule of thumb if you just look down. My, uh, I love the saying, colors and greens keep you lean. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Numero dos, number two. Uh, in short... If Nan Nan, Grammy, Yaya, Mima, whatever you call your grandmother, if they wouldn't recognize everything in that, you better not eat it. The label. The label. More On often that label. than not. Read the ingredients before you buy or eat it. Aim for two to three, two to five ingredients per. Mm-hmm. All of these, you know, if you have an eight on the end or an oxy in the middle. If there's or, like six syllables right. and you're like doing the kindergarten thing where you're like dioxin. (laughs) If you have to phonetically spell out what the ingredients (laughs) are, then probably not the best thing to eat. Probably means it's got some preservatives in it. Probably means it's got something fake in it. And again, our model, the rules that we typically tend to, to follow for overall health and wellness is quality over quantity, Mm -hmm. right? So read the ingredients label before you buy or eat something. And the fewer the ingredients, the better. If your grandma wouldn't know what it is, don't eat it. Love you, Mima. <laughs> Thought I could get away with that with I a straight face. I love it. <laughs> and I can't. Oh, man. I was like, oh, in my head I was going, oh. And then I was like, be professional. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 100 ounces a day of water minimum. Um, you know, focus on water first thing in the morning with the exception of your intra post pre-workout, you know, nutrition, it should be water the majority of the time. I start my day with a big ass glass of water, probably about 20 ounces. And then I drop a little bit of Himalayan sea salt in there as well. That gets some good minerals, um, kind of gets my digestion going. A lot of people like to put in, you know, maybe a, a squeeze of lemon or something like that in their, in their water. That's totally fine. If you start the day with a big, big glass of water. You're kicking it off right. You're staying hydrated. You're getting everything moving. It also helps you to avoid, you know, reaching for a bagel first thing in the morning as well, because now you've got a little bit of something in your stomach. So, um, most of us are perpetually dehydrated and the more water that you drink on a consistent basis, the less your body stores water because it gets used to having it. You know, often what looks like is fat on the body is actually stored water because, you know, from an evolutionary standpoint, we can't go, I mean, even today, we can't go for more than two or three days without water. And so water was the most valuable resource that one could have. And so if our bodies um, got some, it was gonna, they're going to hang on to it. 
right? So you never know when that next source is going to pop up. You never know if you're chasing the herds or you got to flee, you know, some predators. Right? Hiding in the cave from that saber-toothed tiger might not have water in there, and so your body's right. going to want to hang on to it. So uh, if you're already thirsty, if you're already peeing yellow, you're already dehydrated, yeah. and you lost that battle for that day. Um, a good challenge to you guys is if you're listening to this podcast because your goal is to try and change your body composition or to eat for your training, whatever it might be, whatever your personal goals are, um, one really easy habit that you could immediately dive into for just two weeks is just wake up, drink a glass of water. Mm-hmm. Two weeks from then, you're going to feel totally different. Yeah. It really does help you wake up and it, it starts that day with a positive choice that it leads to other positive choices throughout the day. Yeah. And we've talked choices versus sacrifices. There's no sacrifices in that. No. Right? Like it's just, it's a really thing, easy habit. Super easy to have it. That makes a big difference over time. Yep. Um, the other important thing there is if you can push coffee a little bit later on in the day after you've had that big glass of water, a lot of us want to want to go in, wake up, pour that cup of coffee first thing. And coffee is a diuretic. It's going to dehydrate you right off the bat. Not only that, but you're also going to put, stuff in your coffee most likely most of us don't drink it black right so even if if you're you know just putting in some almond milk and you know a little dash of honey that's still you know some calories right then first thing in the morning that maybe aren't the best things for you right off the bat first thing in the day right (laughs) carrie just put her coffee cup down so softly just now (laughs) oh man i really wish we were filming this episode because this whole time i was looking down avoiding eye contact (laughs) y'all this is definitely one that i've been like working on it's not that i struggle with it because i now you know i know better but your girl has two Keurigs, so she can have one by her bed. <laughs> Stop it. Do you really? Dead serious. You have two fucking Keurigs? Yes. You have a Keurig by your bed and one Yes. Uh, I oh, do. It's perfect. Who funny. doesn't want to? It's like Michael with the the bacon <laughs> by his bed from the office. Yeah. Can um, you set an alarm on your Keurig? Like, can you no. wake up with the Keurig? I'm sure the fancier models, yeah. um, because I have two, I went with the cheaper the two models, cheaper models as opposed to the one as nicer models. To the one, right. like $300. You, get what you pay for, you know. Yeah, you but for. I mean, I will say, I am. Luckily, I'm not that lazy. Like, I can, in fact, hit the power button and then just close the top okay, and hit right. the other button. Preload. <laughs> Those the, uh, are the three steps. Yeah, true, 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 true. <laughs> but yeah. I have found a difference. I mean, you know, back to the business. I have found a huge difference in holding off to have that coffee until like 9.30 or 10, um, as opposed to 7.30 when I first wake up. Yeah. Um, it, I don't really crash as hard. Yep. I don't, I haven't also, now I'm just down to one cup a day. Awesome. I used to have like two to three. Um, I think the more water you drink, the less cups of coffee or tea you're going to you're going to throw back. The other cool thing is we'll talk about sleep in one of the next upcoming episodes and with coffee around that 9 or 10 o'clock time frame matches up very well with your circadian rhythm, mm-hmm. right? And so that's really going to be the big thing that dictates uh, a lot of your hormone production. And so coffee at that time as opposed to first thing in the morning when you first wake up at 6 or 7 or whatever it may be kind of more is more in tune with your body's natural ebbs and flows. So, something to think about. There's a tip that you can you can use tomorrow if you'd like that uh, may actually make a big difference in how you feel throughout the day. So, let us know about that. Number 3. Numero 
four. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Number four. <laughs> Chipping on along here. Um, so there's a disclaimer to this. We're not going to talk about intermittent fasting today. But if you are intermittent fasting, obviously this rule does not apply. If you are not intermittent fasting, I say you'll never last if you don't break the fast. So breakfast is super, super, super important. Most of us who are very active, who are aiming for performance goals, are probably chronically undernourished, meaning we probably are not eating enough calories. And so it's very important to break your fast and get a bite to eat. You know, first thing in the morning, um, start off with something quality, 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 quality matters. I'm not talking cereal. I'm not talking that's typical bullshit, right? What I'm, what I'm saying is start off with some good proteins, maybe some good fats. If you're going to work out later in the day, if you're going to work out sooner in the day, um, some nice carbohydrates, simple carbs, and some protein to help kind of slow that digestion a little bit, but give you energy for that morning workout. All right. Um, a good breakfast sets the foundation for the day and keeps you from binging on shit later on, right? Mm. If you just throw down that bagel and then you get to the office and then you bang that cup of coffee and now it's 1030 or 11 o'clock, you're starving, you've already dipped in energy, you are much more likely to go out to eat to the Chinese buffet with your coworkers mm. than you are to eat what you brought or to make a, a better, more conscious decision earlier on in the day. So... Again, if we're intermittent fasting, which we're not going to talk about today, that'll be a future episode, uh, that rule does not apply. You'll just eat breakfast later on in the day, right? Right. So number five, eat a protein, eat some protein at every meal. If you need to, supplement with protein shakes. Obviously, the more real whole food you can eat, the better. But this is where I start. If people are talking about counting macros, which is much higher up on the pyramid of importance than, you know, just eating quality food, not eating shit, hydrating, et cetera. You know, those first couple of rules. If we are looking at counting macros, it's difficult to get your protein in throughout the day, especially the bigger you are, the more active you are, the more your performance goals lean towards strength and power versus, you know, endurance or just body composition, right? So, Protein is an extremely versatile nutrient that can be burned for energy, uh, though it's your body's least preferred energy source. Uh, It makes you feel satiated, but most importantly, it builds and maintains your muscle mass. So without consuming enough of this nutrient, you're much more likely to to, um, lose the muscle mass that you have and put on fat. Protein is also the most um, thermogenic of the different macronutrients, you know, versus protein, carbs, and fat. So if you're getting enough protein in, you're, you're also burning more calories throughout the day, just based on the fact that you're eating more protein. Mm -hmm. So my rules, the things that I really try to, to follow as I try to start my day with 30 grams of protein within 30 minutes of waking. Um, I heard that from Tim Ferriss about 10 years ago, and I've been trying to do that every single day that I can ever since. I think that makes a big difference over time because again, protein is the most difficult nutrient to, to, hit your, you know, allotted amount throughout the day. If you are aiming to maintain your muscle mass, if you're aiming, you know, if you're an endurance athlete, um, if you're looking for body composition goals, you know, so you're trying to to lose a little bit of fat, aim for 0.7 grams of protein per pound of body weight. 0.7 grams of protein per pound of body weight 
If you're looking to gain muscle, you're on a bulking cycle, so to speak, you can go north of one gram per pound of body weight. So just typical rules of thumb. Obviously, everybody's different, but um, try to aim for good quality, lean protein sources. Start your day with some protein as well. Yeah, super important point is that starting the day. I feel personal experience, breakfast is one of the hardest meals for me to incorporate protein. And I have to really think about it and prep for it and plan um, because that's the most important meal to make sure that you're getting those proteins. Absolutely. First thing. Absolutely. So protein breaks down into amino acids, which is the which are the building blocks of muscle cells and really our body. And so if you're not getting that, you're not able to build. That's what we're trying to do. The next is something that I personally struggle with here. Uh, when I follow this rule or this guideline, things go a lot better. Everything gets a lot better. Uh, this comes back to the colors and greens help keep you lean. Try to eat a veggie at every meal, right? I read somewhere that you should try to get up to 40 different varieties of vegetables, which is ridiculous. ridiculous. I feel like that's impossible, but... Think about this. So I went to Cava the other day, which is a local place here in town. Um, you can get like grains and greens bowls and stuff like that. And I probably had in that in that bowl ten yeah. to twelve different types of vegetables. They have a lot of pickled, different pickled things. Yeah, a lot of fermented stuff, um, which is really really good for your gut gut microbiome. Um, but you know, vegetables are typically high in fiber. They're typically pretty low in carbohydrates and fats. They do a great job of providing the nutrients that your body needs to function optimally, and they also have a ton of micronutrients, so vitamins and minerals, phytonutrients, even smaller than that. Um, you know, They typically aren't high in calories either, and so you can get a lot of volume in. Um, you know, Try to make them fresh and frozen, fresh or frozen. They should actually have taste. If they're colorful, if they're dark green, that's phenomenal. A lot of times people are like, well, I have like iceberg lettuce or romaine lettuce and I'm eating my vegetables and like, well, the, you know, look at the nutrient profiles of that. Read your ingredients, right? Spinach and kale and arugula are going to be much more nutrient dense than iceberg and romaine lettuce, right? And so the darker they are, the more colorful they are, the more nutrient dense they'll be. So I find that I stay fuller longer when I have like those dark greens that we're talking about mm-hmm. and vegetables. Mm-hmm. Is that something mm-hmm. that's good for nighttime? Can be. There's a, typically a lot more fiber in in vegetables as well, which could slow digestion. And so if you're eating your last meal at like call it 7 and you don't go to bed until 9, 30, or 10, perfect, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I'm not going to eat a big-ass salad at 9 at night and go to bed at 9, 30. Yeah. Right? Because then my body's not going to be able to trying to digest while you're sleeping, et cetera. Yeah, okay. yeah. And so that's going to throw some things off. So um, good question. I think some of some like really good ways to sneak in vegetables and stuff, um, I will chop up veggies and cook them up in my like eggs in the morning or something like that if I'm making a scramble. Or before I make my egg scramble, I'll take like three or four big, big handfuls of like power greens, like spinach, kale, chard, arugula. And I'll put a top on the skillet, low heat, a little bit of avocado oil. And those like that, like serving bowl size of salad is going to just whittle down to like three bites like, worth of yeah, you're like, <laughs> like, the size of your yeah, palm. palm size of spinach, you know, so yeah. that allows me to get a lot in. And also I'll just dump handfuls into like my mm-hmm. stay strap smoothies. Um, and th- you can hide a lot of good vegetables in there. All right. So 
This is near the top of the pyramid because uh, it has a little bit to do with nutrient timing, but I still think it's really important to talk about, and that is limiting your carbohydrates on less active or recovery days. So a form of carb cycling. Uh, for a long time, fat was vilified in our society, and it led to a lot of low-fat stuff, fillers, bullshit, and was kind of a big reason for the obesity epidemic that we are dealing with today. Now it seems like carbs are the enemy in, you know, the food culture. Food culture, exactly. They're not. However, the timing and type of carbohydrates you consume will dictate typically how much fat you store versus how much is used to build muscle and replenish energy stores. The more active you are, especially if you are competing in endurance sports, the more carbohydrates you need on a regular basis. Um, if you are just going for body composition, just fat loss, you need a lot less carbohydrates than somebody who's active, right? And if you're programming your workouts, you know, if you're following along in the GS Nation app, or you're following along on your own programming, um, you know, on those active recovery days, on those off days, so to speak, you probably don't need as many carbs as you do on a hard workout day. So earn your carbs. That's not to say you can't ever have carbs. You should never have carbs. For women especially, it's really important that you know women eat enough carbohydrates to um, optimize hormone functions. However, tr- you can choose when and how you use them. Mm-hmm. Right? And which types. And which types, exactly. Simple versus complex, etc. So use carbohydrates to fuel your very active and intense workout days. So all the stars use carbs, right? If they're a quality athlete, if you look, if you're following an athlete on Instagram or if you see somebody on TV, it is going to be extremely likely that they are going to use a lot of carbohydrates in their daily diet. Hardly anybody is eating keto and performing well mm-hmm. in anything other than ultra, you know, 100 mile ultra marathons. Right. I think that's a big thing that a lot of people see is when we start bumping up carbs, if I'm working on macronutrient profiles with people, or if I'm looking at, at, you know, uh, a competitive athlete and I'm trying to get them to, you know, gain muscle or increase performance, you got to fuel your body, Mm -hmm. right? At a high heart rate, glycogen, AKA stored carbohydrates is the preferred fuel source. And if your body doesn't have enough you're not. You're gonna feel like shit. You're not gonna perform exactly or nearly as, as well as, as you could yeah. be otherwise. You're not gonna be able to output exactly. The majority of our female clients. This is just an added note um, for those women listening. The majority of our female clients, we are upping their carbs. Yeah. Um, nine times out of ten. Um, and a quick keto note on that too. Dave touched on it for you know females especially. Um, those keto diets aren't going to fuel you. It's going to fuck up your hormones. And then not only are you not going to be able to perform well um, in your workouts, but just day-to-day cognitive function, mood. Um, yeah. Yeah, a lot of times it leads to mis- menstrual cycles and you know, a lot of things that, that we you know, are going to take longer to recover from. And you're going to need to go see somebody like a functional medicine practitioner or a real doctor to fix afterwards. Yeah. So, you know, for somebody who's got 50, hundred pounds to lose or who really just doesn't care at all about performance and is just looking at, at, you know, um, a, a mental cognitive type thing benefits. 
sure, high fat, moderate to low protein, moderate to low carbohydrates with no sugar and, you know, get your carbohydrates from vegetables and from, you know, good starches. Like that's, that's phenomenal. I'm not saying that that's not good. Um, but you've got to be really careful with it. And if you are looking for performance, eat your carbohydrates, you know, try eating a banana, drinking some coconut water before and during your workout. Don't forget the sweet potatoes afterwards. That's what I was going to say. Yes. All right. If you're going to eat late, you better eat great. Number nine, don't eat after 8 PM. If you're going to go to bed around nine or 10. Uh, obviously, it's going to be impossible to do every single day, but the more you can avoid doing so, the better. If you have to eat late, uh, try to get some protein in, right? Try to get something that's, that's going to be absorbed pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, shouldn't be a really high fat item. Shouldn't really be a high fiber item. It takes about two hours-ish for your body to kind of digest and get things out of you know that, that main key digestion cycle before you start to... Um, you know, before you can actually go to sleep, frankly. So question. Yeah. Would a protein shake be optimal because it'd be easier to digest? It's perfect. Okay. Yeah. If you're like me, I crave mad sugar late at night, mad sugar. And to be frank, I am hundred percent under my calorie goal. <laughs> consistently. Oh, consistently. <laughs> we counted yesterday. <laughs> She and was, was at so 1,200 full. at like 8.30 p.m. It was like, what? I thought I did great. I was so full. <laughs> so I really full. was. Um, yeah. I'm definitely your girl to come to if you're like, I think my diet is fucked up. And then I will make you feel better. And then you can go to Dave who can give you your guidelines. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but if you are craving sugar late at night, your body actually needs protein. A lot of times your mind is tricking you. Um same, you've probably heard this one as if you're hungry, a lot of times you're just dehydrated Yeah. because your body's like, if I tell her she's hungry, she'll eat something and there's gotta be water in the food (laughs) somewhere. Um, so when you're craving sugar, try and reach for, um, water and protein. Yep. Last one here. This is the couch potato to Michael Phelps scale. We will always refer to the scale. Mm Um, this kind of follows the, the, sick, well, and fit continuum, right? So if your goals are to be a 21-time Olympic gold medalist, you got to be on your shit. Always. Always. You can't fuck up. You, you know, if you're a month out from a bodybuilding or bikini competition, like you have, like to the gram, your stuff has to be on point, right? Most of us think when they start a diet or they're going after body composition goals or they're, they're, you know, I want to lose 20 pounds or new year, new year, new me, whatever it is, that they've got to be freaking perfect, right? Most of the time they're coming from a place that is the exact opposite of perfect, right? That so, sad diet. That sad diet. So think about this. If you eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a sizable snack, that's four meals per day. Seven days per week, seven times four is 28. So that's 28 meals per week, okay? If you make 25 of those 28 meals perfect, that's right about 90% good, right? Which means as long as you're not going for that Michael Phelps, you can take three cheat meals and do what you want to do. Right? Use and schedule them wisely. Try to do them on a hard workout day. Just because it's a cheat meal doesn't mean you get to eat the whole fucking pizza. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't turn into a cheat day. But 
90% good and 10% meh equals pretty freaking good yeah. because your body's going to adapt to wherever it is now. So if right now you are making 20 of those 28 meals pretty good and you're screwing around on eight of them and all of a sudden you make 25 of those 28 meals pretty good, your body's going to have to adapt to that and it's going to adapt in a positive manner. You know, so for me that maybe that's, you know, Tuesday night, I'm going to eat some chicken fingers and, and tenders and fries after my soccer game. Uh, maybe Friday for dinner after I lift legs, I'm going to go and eat a burger and fries at Burger Batch or Citizen or whatever it may be. And then maybe I go out and have some, you know, eggs Benedict and some pancakes Sunday morning for brunch with friends, right? But I'm on my shit 100% other than that. And those are going to be on days that I'm putting in a lot of work. And so my body is going to more than likely absorb and use those nutrients and those calories, even if they aren't top quality, uh, as opposed to storing them as fat. If I wasn't as active as I am, or if I'm eating them on off days, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally doable. Totally doable. It's I mean, really not that hard. Get your breakfast down, right? Have a plan for lunch. Um, you know, cook in bulk, right? A lot of cool things that, that you can do. And know your habits too. I yeah. mean, if you are, if you like to go out at night, um, or if you like to, if your favorite thing is to plan a dinner with a friend a couple times a week, then know that that's probably going to be the time that that cheat meal should be scheduled for. Or if you are a brunch warrior, <laughs> you Fiend. know that every like Saturday, Sunday, you know, you're going to, Maybe wake up, do some, do a run, some cardio, something, and then crush a brunch. Yeah. And yeah, not 25 out of 28. It's not that hard. It's not hard. It's not that hard. So if you got any questions on this, let us know. Again, you can have our guide here for free at gsnation.com slash free gift. That will be in show notes as well. Just click that link. Um, You know, again, this is something that is not going to pertain to everybody, but frankly, eight out of these 10 rules are going to be applicable for 99% of folks who are listening. So mm-hmm. we're going to dive really deep into a lot of these specific things. So we're, there's so many nutrition topics we can, we can go into. Uh, we'll be sprinkling these in throughout. Um, if you want some one-on-one attention now, because what Dave's getting at is we're going to be sprinkling in these topics throughout this podcast. But if you want more information right now, we do have personalized programs. Um, if that nutrition guide isn't enough, or if you have more specific questions, Dave and I are always available to chat and help you either figure out those body goals or accomplish them. hundred percent. Good stuff. Grind on people. Grind on. <laughs>